Hey, what's up? Welcome to Crazy Beats Big. I'm Kevin Romeo, your host, and this is powered by Rhino. This is a podcast where we celebrate entrepreneurial spirit uh, through stories of people overcoming big odds to do awesome things. And today I'm sitting down with a couple of my favorite dudes, uh, Cam Breeden and Jason Lay of Better Drinking Culture. Stoked to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Super excited to have these guys on. I actually met Cam uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, I'm not totally sure how we got connected, but we got connected because of the better drinking culture uh, that you're that you've started, and we call it an organization, the Better Drinking Culture Organization. Um, and so I'm gonna let you guys tell me what better drinking culture is, and we'll just let the audience know what it is, and then we'll kind of dive in a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So what's better drinking culture? Do it, Cam. No, Jay, you want to take it? You want to tell the founding story? Sure. I'll start with the story. Yeah. So better drinking culture, we call it BDC, um, was founded by a group of friends sharing stories. Um, and one of those key stories was my story, which is um, actually my mom's story. Uh, my mom's in long-term recovery from an addiction to alcohol. And that really influenced and impacted our family growing up. Um, as well as my decision um, and choice to be a non-drinker. And obviously, growing up in high school and in college, like that's always a topic of conversation. Like, why is Cam not drinking? Um, and that was a hard story to share until you know I you know grew up and was able to educate myself on what addiction was and was just had the courage to share my family story a little bit more with my friends. And it's interesting because when... You know, I was sharing that story, uh, whether one-on-one or with some people, uh, you know, they, when I became vulnerable, they, they became vulnerable as well. And they shared with me their stories. They either had a loved one as well or knew somebody or, you know, they had a negative experience with alcohol. And so it really just, you know, uh, a lot of sharing of stories, a lot of, ne- you know, of some of these negative experiences. And, you know, it, we kind of all came together and uh, found that a lot of these negative experiences with alcohol was the result of just drinking way too much. You know, it's not alcohol, it was just drinking too much of it. And that's where the idea of better drinking culture was formed. It's like, hey, like if we all just like drink better, like all these negative experiences either wouldn't have happened or don't have to happen again. Uh, And then we, you know, said, well, let's, you know, nobody's really kind of branded this lifestyle or this way of drinking yet you know, this binge drinking culture is very much glamorized and it's what you think drinking is about when you grow up in high school or in college. Yeah, Yeah, it's the only thing you see. Mm -hmm. And it's meant, it's packaged to look fun and cool and harmless. Yeah. And and then the wheels fall off the bus. I absolutely remember that being the expectation in high school was how many beers can you drink? Mm. Absolutely. And you don't even question it. Just like you're, you're more of a man or whatever. If you drink 15, whatever, 12, 15 light beers or whatever, macro beers. Yeah. You get it. You want to crush a dirty 30. Yeah. Right. I remember my friend, uh, little sister, we were in the garage and everyone's drinking beers. She comes, how old she was younger than us. And so we were like, what, probably 16, 17, went in, grabbed a bottle of beer popped off the cap with her teeth oh. started drinking it and i like that that was like a moment i'll never forget i'm like dang like this is this is crazy also oh. i'm not picking a fight with that girl either <laughs> yeah how, how old was she do you think would you imagine I, you know probably a couple of years younger than we were how old were you i mean this is high school i maybe 17 at the so she's like 15 yikes yeah. wow that's like uh 
It's like some Friday Night Lights <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Something. Anyway, so so that's how you had the idea. That's how uh, your backstory kind of parlayed into this mission. Um, what what do you try to do now? What's the goal? What's the goal of better drinking culture? Yeah. So I mean, after it was, you know, we kind of came. So a little bit more to that story was, you know, we came together. And we're like, hey, this is a great idea. Let's let's create this manifesto. Like, what is a better drinking culture? Like, what what does that mean? And we, you know, we started this manifesto, and the first line is, we believe mornings are better without hangovers. Life's better without regrets, and, and so on. Um, and then we printed some T-shirts with the logo that we that one of our friends made, and we threw an event, and we started sharing our stories online. And more and more people, you know, found us, started following us on social media, and just wanted to be a part of this thing that was happening. Um, and then it just kind of grew beyond what we expected it, you know, to be, other than just a group of friends in West Michigan. And uh, that's when you know I connected with Jay. And said, "Hey, I think we have something here. Something's going on. We got to figure out what it is and what to do with it." Because it was it was gaining traction and momentum. I think, like Cam alluded to, like a lot bigger and faster than those friends had intended. You know, they just they identified the core problem that too much alcohol was uh, the catalyst for every negative consequence associated with alcohol. And then it was just like, oh, shoot, like, there are people out there who do identify with the idea that I don't need to get blackout drunk to, one, enjoy alcohol, or two, to have a good time. So how do we, how do we create a platform that empowers other people to feel better about having a healthier relationship with alcohol? Yeah. And I, so, so what you're saying is <clears throat> what I'm, what I'm understanding is that you are trying to create a thing that, uh, you're trying to create a movement. You're trying to create an identity around this middle ground where you don't have to completely abstain, uh, but you don't have to go the way of our standard culture. What seems to be what people fall into, which is overconsumption, just because they don't have any framework for how they think right. about it. And, you're trying to change the entire culture of drinking in America. Is that yeah, accurate to that, say? Yeah. yeah. That's um, the goal. Yeah. The mission is to shift our culture's relationship with alcohol in a healthier and more positive direction. And you're right. So we're, and I know we'll dive into this more, but we're unique because we're not anti-alcohol. Right. So we're not prevention and we're not on the other side of the spectrum. We're not recovery. You know, there are great organizations and peer groups for both segments, uh, for both of those demographics yeah. and audiences. So we, we've identified that middle ground. You know, people who, who believe in moderation and we want to inspire and encourage mindful drinking. So every time you pick up a glass, you're very intentional about yourself the people around you, the environment you're in, so that when you drink, um, you can focus on the craft of that product and having an amazing experience that you will be able to remember tomorrow. Like that's the hook, you know. Our tagline is uh, because hangovers suck. So, you know, what good is it to have an amazing night if you can't remember it tomorrow? Yeah, that's good. So. <clears throat> 
Jason, how'd you come to how'd you come to know Cam? I think there's a little story behind that. Yeah. You want to tell everyone about that? Yeah. So um, outside of BDC, um, I'm an enthusiast. Uh, I love my craft beer. Um, getting really into bourbon. I love a good glass of red wine. And I was in started in 2014. I started building an exit strategy for myself to get out of the the typical corporate nine to five grind. And I knew I wanted to do nine to five what I love doing as much as I did when I clocked out. So I started planning a, a transition in my professional career into the world of craft beer. And I had this dream uh, about a concept for a TV show. And I was really really fortunate to be blessed with a lot of people around me to help turn that thing into a reality. So um, that show was called Modern Ahabs. Uh, I filmed a pilot episode in Grand Rapids uh, on uh, KBS, Founders, you know, one of their most popular iconic beers. So the concept of the show was uh, capturing, you know, the chaos and the hunt of craft beer enthusiasts seeking their bucket list beers. So I filmed that show in March of 2016, and then I premiered it in Grand Rapids in uh, that summer. And then Cam, after it had been premiered, Cam got a hold of it somehow, saw the pilot episode. I won't put words into his mouth, but you know he thought I was pretty awesome on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, like he, he's like, all right, you know, I I kind of want to like check this guy out, you know, maybe there's some synergy here between like what this guy is doing, you know, in his personal pursuits, um, that, that might be some sort of fit for BDC. So he reached out to me, um, via, via modern Ahabs and I responded. And what's crazy is he, he just asked me if I'd like to get together for lunch. And I, I jumped at the chance. You know, he tells me in the, in the email who he is. And he tells me like a little elevator pitch on BDC. And what's, what's really unique about the story. And this is where like I truly believe like we were put in each other's paths uh, long before we actually encountered. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually said, yeah, man, uh, I, I know what BDC is all about. Uh, I went to an event of yours last summer. So I was actually at the first BDC event in the summer of 2015, um, thrown by uh, MLive Media Group and a buddy of mine, Eric Holkren, invited me to go to this event to like scope it out, give some feedback, and BDC uh, put on this event with MLive. So I walk into this beer, <clears throat> beer and food pairing event, and where, uh, where was the event? Uh, Cheney Place in downtown Grand Rapids. Oh, right so summer <clears throat> 2015. So I walk into this event. You know, I've got a free ticket, um, all the beer I can drink. Um, so I walk in, and everyone pouring at all of these stations. They're all rocking a different colored, better drinking culture T-shirt. I'd never heard of it, but I was intrigued enough that I wanted to know more. But you know, the funny part of the story is I was more concerned with all the free beer I could drink. So, <laughs> so truthfully, you know, I get, I get good and buzzed up at this event. And on my way out, I stopped by the BDC booth 
And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, but I, I don't remember if I talked to Cam or not, but I talked to somebody at the BDC table and I was just like, tell me about better drinking culture. And they did. Everyone listening who's ever been drunk knows that drunk voice that you yeah. just did. Yeah. The, like trying to recall the, yeah. I said something, I don't know. Like, yeah. You've heard people talking that you've done. You yeah. Know. And it was, it was like, tell me about better drinking culture. I was probably a little slower, you know, tell me about better drinking. Anyway, so they tell me, and the one thing I do very clearly remember saying is, where were you when I was in college? Because what they told me in that two-minute conversation changed my life. And I bought a t-shirt, and that was in the summer of 2015. And in the fall of 2016, I get an email from the guy who started it. We met for lunch, Cam orders a water, I order a beer, and really quickly we just clicked, connected, and shared our stories. You know, he told me how he got there, um, how BDC was founded, he told me about his mom, and I had no reason um, not to share my story about my relationship with alcohol, and historically, it hasn't been so great. And, we kind of brainstorm. Uh, we we dreamt a little bit. You know, I I was so stoked on on BDC, and you know, then I tell him, man, I wish I wish I would have thought of this. Yeah. And uh, you know, we parted ways after lunch. I remember shooting him an email, and I'm like, hey, what if BDC did this, or wouldn't it be cool if? And then I was like, if you ever need any help or a volunteer, I'd love to work an event and sell T-shirts for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And so he invited me out to lunch a couple weeks later. Um, he asked me a couple, you know, deeper questions, and he tapped into something. And I told him uh, some random drinking horror story, and I started crying at lunch. And while I'm crying, he asked me if I wanted to be the CEO of the company. And and I didn't know I was sitting in a job interview. <laughs> And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I, I'll do it. I want to do it. And like the rest is history. Yeah. So my, my take on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe I, yeah, maybe I totally got it all no, wrong. No, no, no. That's exactly how it, exactly how it rolled, out, rolled out. But, you know, from my perspective, when, you know, I met with Jay the first time um, at Hopcat, we were, you know, I, I knew instantly that, uh, well, actually prior to that, I knew as a non-drinker, you know, one, I do have a place in better drinking culture. For sure. Because we believe alcohol should be a choice and not an expectation. At the same time, I Yeah, knew- can, can I go on record real yeah. quick and, and say, like, this isn't a plug for BDC, but, you know, even though we're not anti-alcohol, um, there is a place for everyone at our table. Everyone's welcome, regardless of what your relationship with alcohol is, including a non-relationship. And we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I knew I wasn't... I wasn't going to be the one that led and scaled this thing, you know, across the country that we we envisioned at that time. Um, I knew that, you know, I needed to have a we needed to have a leader, like a, a CEO of someone who who did drink, um, who had a BDC story, who who understands what we're about and, and where we're going with this. And so that was just something that that person I was looking for for a year. And when I had met with Jay, I just knew right away. And, and he didn't know at the time, but it's like. Wow, 
here he is. Yeah, I'm just trying to help you volunteer and sell shirts. <laughs> so sell shirts. <laughs> so they, yeah, then we met the second time, and you know, I, I extended the you know the opportunity to him, and I you know, and it's just been it's been fantastic yeah. ever since. And yeah, you know, to the stage, Jay. I mean, it's all the things that Jay's done for this movement um, and the stuff that we can talk about and what's in the pipeline. I mean, it's just further validation that he was, he was the right guy for, uh, for helping to lead this thing. Hey, how's that feel? It's awesome, man. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's humbling. It's flattering, but it's it personally, it's, it's, it was the, the most perfect thing to happen to me in my life at that time, you know, they all, you know, they always say, you know, right place, right time. And it was, it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't seeking BDC out, you know, I just knew they existed. Uh, you know, when I bought the shirt, followed them on social media and I was just like, yeah, I, I can totally get down with these guys. And every time I'd put that shirt on, this was, you know, a year before I joined BDC, every time I put that shirt on, it, it, it sounds silly, right? But it, it was like, I was putting on this, like, cape or this, you know, superhero yeah. suit, right? And I just felt like if I had this shirt on when I went out, like like I deserved better. Mm. And it it just putting the shirt on like changed the way I thought about every drink that I picked up. And you know, I'll go on record like I, I'm still human. There are times um that I have to be careful with with how much I consume because when we drink too much, you know, that's when things go sideways and it, it happens to the best of us. And we know that, that people who love what we're doing, um, you know, if, if they're, if they're at all intimidated by this idea of perfection, like if you buy a BDC shirt or you follow us on social media, that it means that you can't ever make a mistake. Um, that, that really couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, another part of our, are, people are afraid of being a, being a hypocrite. Yeah. And so yeah. in a way I could see where that's a tough one. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. And, and we get that, right? Like, so we don't, we don't shame or judge anyone uh, because they had a rough night with the bottle last night. Like we'll be the first one uh, to put our arm around you and say, Hey man, like today is a new day. Tomorrow's a new day. Like you have an opportunity to do it better and that's it. You know, so we're, we love support and respect all of those people. And we just want to lift them up and let them know that, that they can do it better than the way they've seen it done. Um, and we just want to leave this place a little bit better than the way so many of us have found it. Yeah. <clears throat> so something you said about college, uh, I just want to add my own spin on it because you were saying that um, I think you were saying like most of the bad experiences that you had during college was a result of drinking too much alcohol. I just <clears throat> totally resonate with that. Um, and I would say just more than anything that I think when we were discussing this a while back, that was the part that really stuck out to me. Um, because I can, I can very much see in my past high school a little bit and college for sure, where you said that situation plus alcohol plus not having any sort of defining parameters about my relationship with alcohol led to almost any situation I can look back on with regret. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise yeah. college is fine, but those, <clears throat> those are the situations that um, I'm, I'm, would make me very excited for what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. So um, 
Yeah, and it sucks. I mean, in college, generally, like, if you have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, in most cases, so do the rest of the people in your peer group. You yeah. know, so you're you're this this skewed version of normalcy, or you know, this distorted way that we think we should interact with alcohol is only reinforced. Yeah. Because when we go out to the bar or we go to the house party, it's with the people who are, you know, unfortunately in the stuck in the same boat that we're in yeah. because they just don't know any better. Yeah. And because it's, you're cool if you drink, you know, you're cool if you drink a lot. Yeah. And it, I, I don't I know that BDC, BDC is totally, um, oh, for men and women both. But just being a man, I totally, I know there's a big part of it where it's like a, a manlyhood thing. For sure. Uh, or a manhood thing. Yeah. I can't even say manhood. I said manlyhood, so <laughs> I, lost, I lost any credibility I had to be manly. Yeah, it's a rite something. of passage. Yeah, you, you have to be able to hold your liquor, you know, hold, it's that, that kind of idea. And um, sure, I get why that exists, because you don't want someone who has one beer and passes out or whatever. Like, I understand why you'd say that, but at the same time... That's what's driving, I think, it's what's burrowed deep in the hearts of a lot of young men is that idea that, like, I can watch me, I can still perform in one way or another after so many drinks. Yeah, you know, it's... And the thing is, the the crazier or the dumbest you can be, you know, you're rewarded incrementally. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the more outrageous or stupid the drunk stunt is, the cooler you are yeah. at the party. Do you find that, it, and two, I'm, I'm always, I think often about how thankful I am that I grew up without Facebook and YouTube. Oh. Is that just exacerbating, do you think, uh, in today's climate where getting drunk, filming yeah. yourself on YouTube? Frankly, I don't even know because that's a culture I'm not even t- like connected to. But just thinking about it, I imagine there's tons of high school kids trying to outdo each other for. Well, that's, I'm, oh, absolutely! And I think you know it, it's it's hard because it's you know even if we showed a picture or a video of a bunch of people having a crazy awesome time, people assume alcohol is involved when the reality there could be no alcohol <laughs> present, right? Sure. Yeah. And so, like, culture has really tied this thing of the more you drink, the more fun you have. Yeah. And. And it, it just builds on itself because nobody's broken that stigma to say you don't have to drink to have a great time. You don't have to drink so much to have a great time. Um, Why do you think it is that way? Because I'll be honest. Yeah. I've been to weddings and I've been a purveyor of that mm-hmm. because I've been to weddings where there's no alcohol and I'm like, this wedding is ending at 9.30 sharp. <laughs> yeah. There's no one dancing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But there, that doesn't mean that people can't have a good time. Um, what, when... So I'm saying, but that's part of the culture, and it can be changed for sure. But I think it, people play into it because they, they, they're like, I need, I need a drink to to dance, or I need a, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's it's funny you said. So as a non-drinker, yeah, right, we're just talking about this. Yeah, like it's a. I feel like I've I've lived this experiment where I grew up in high, high school, and today I still don't drink, and yet, you know, in college or at weddings, I'm the first one on the dance floor, last one to leave, like. My is that friends. like a thing though you say to yourself like I'm gonna show them? Is it a little bit that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't I don't know. I, I just love to dance. But I think what's 
<laughs> Sorry. I'm not good at dancing either, so don't don't feel me. Listen to me. But I have zero problem with someone loving to dance is not good at dancing. I think yeah. I, okay. People should dance and that's that and, yeah. and have a good time. You do you. Yeah, you do you, man. But I can't tell you how many times in high school and in college at weddings where people come up to me and they ask, like, Cam, like and they know I don't drink. It's like how 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 are you having such an awesome time not drinking? Like, how are you out here dancing? without without yeah. drinking and and everybody like comes to me thinking that it's this hard thing to do and in react and like at that time i was like oh you know it's hard but you know i you know i'm strong you know it is and i just didn't know how to answer the question because internally it was super easy for me because i had made the decision i wasn't going to drink i don't have to make that decision every time alcohol is put in front of me and i think and this is my theory is that i've you know, I've, I went through those awkward stages. Like I went through those mm. times of like, oh, uh, like, you know, I need courage to go out and be that person where everyone's kind of looking at. And I know I'm not dancing all that great, but you know, it is what it is. But that was like, I felt like that was something that I was able to build resiliency mm. within myself and build into who I was as a person and, and identify, like build my own identity. Right. And I didn't have alcohol as a crutch to lean on. Um, and because of that, I think I, you know, I was just able to, to learn how to have an awesome time without alcohol. At the same time, I wasn't judging anybody else. And I think that was a big key for me in my relationships with my friends was, yeah, when early in my high school days, like I knew I didn't get invited to those parties and it, it's, it sucked. Like, you know, it stung a little bit. But over time, like I ended up going to those parties and people admired me for my decision. Um, so it was, it's super interesting you know, having grown up kind of like on the outside of this and, and kind of run this experiment through my life uh, and, and get other people's perspectives from, you know, me on, on the outside, if that made any sense. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Cam is um, incredibly wise beyond his years because his heart is so big that he recognizes his non-relationship with alcohol should not unfairly um, hold bias against those who do drink. And I, I think that's part of the key in him recognizing that in order to scale BDC and in order for us to, to be authentic and really real with what we do, someone in the driver's seat has had to like go to the edge and back. Right. And I think it's it's really key that he brings that perspective um, to BDC because everything we do, um, we sit down and we talk about it and we're able to represent every angle of the conversation. So it's not one-sided or it's not tilted in one particular way that could potentially isolate this group over here. Um, we just, we're, we're really big about making sure that we're building an inclusive environment where everyone feels comfortable, whether they're drinking or not. You know, like when we go out, it's not an awkward thing when he orders not a beer. Have you guys thought about going to companies and talking about BDC? I just had this light bulb go off. Like, have you, you should go to big companies who are focusing on like inclusion and talk oh, about BDC. That's good. 
We just had a big meeting with a pretty big company, uh, like Fortune, whatever, two hundred, uh, and they everyone's having a, a, making a push to say that they're an inclusive company, mm. and uh, they were talking actually about how they're starting to get away from using the word diversity mm. uh, because it so often just distills down quickly into like racial Race. diversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it, and they don't want to make it just all about racial stuff. It's more about inclusivity with with um lgbtq um obviously ethnicity is part of that uh, but it might just be people with physical mm. uh, disabilities although I, I, they use a different word than disability it escapes me um you know just any type of, they want they want uh to make sure that their organization is seen and understood as a company that is inclusive to anyone right yeah and what you just said you dropped the inclusivity word yeah light bulb kind of went off you guys should I don't know. I can give you some context. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll sweet. we'll gladly get paid to come and talk to a company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we're talking about like, you know, that uh, being inclusive and considerate of other people, like uh, I just want to throw this out there. It's you know, like here's a very easy, practical way that that you can support your peers um, and live a BDC lifestyle. So, like when you're out with your friends, whether it's for a meal or just just to hang out and your server or your bartender goes around the table and they're taking everybody's drink order and it gets to your buddy and he or she says, uh, no, I'm good. I'll just have a water. Please don't look at them like they just killed your dog. Don't ask them, why aren't you drinking? Oh my gosh, what's wrong? It's none of your business. It's a non-issue. Move on. You got to support those people and you can't make someone's choice to not drink for either a day, a week or their life be, be contingent on, on how close you become with them as another person. Like it just should not be a factor. Right. That's, that's good tip. Is there any, I mean, you guys probably have that a lot. I mean, I honestly, I find myself as we're talking, thinking about myself when I was 20 because mm. I'm 34 now. How old are you, Kim? Uh, 31. 31. 40 on July 4th. Ah, we talked about this last time. You look dang good for that. <laughs> nice. I appreciate that. That's on record. Oh. Oh, also, fun fact. Don't we didn't edit that out. We didn't. <laughs> We didn't say that at the beginning, uh, but last time we interviewed these guys, Jason was sporting a pretty gnarly mustache, <laughs> and uh, we just felt like it wasn't meant to be that that was put out to yeah, those, the public. Yeah, those technical difficulties like happened for a reason. That mustache should not have gotten out to the masses. Jason <laughs> snuck into Rhino at night and stabbed all of our equipment, <laughs> and he realized what it looked like. Um, anyway... I find myself thinking back to how I was when I was 20 though. And I do remember, I don't know if I necessarily shamed someone into thinking that, mm. well, why aren't you drinking, bro? You know, yeah. I probably did. You yeah. know, it's very, yeah, it's easy. It, it's like that whole idea of, you know, you don't want to see anyone else change or, you know, dr- people that are drinking want other drinkers in there, that whole network idea. Um, that, that's, that's powerful. I, and I'm glad you kind of just throw out that very practical, tactical yeah. tip yeah. Uh, for people. Just don't do it. Think about. Yeah. Like it's it like, like I, I don't mean it to hurt anyone's feelings, but I'm also not going to apologize for just being, being honest. Like it's a non-issue and it's none of your business, Yeah, you know? And if you're a female, you know, the, the answer shouldn't always be, Oh, are you pregnant? 
Like, no, right, maybe she right. just doesn't want to drink today, right? Yeah, like, don't, don't ever ask a woman if she's yeah, pregnant. Yeah, if you're not... That's another tip. Yeah, you yeah. should never, ever just talk about the subject at all whatsoever <laughs> until the babies yeah. exist. Yeah. In the, and in then the still don't. Yeah. 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 Were you pregnant at one point <laughs> when you had that kid? Were you pregnant? Okay, that's safe to say, yeah. You must have been pregnant then. Maybe not. Maybe that's not safe to say. I don't know. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, so, Cam, one thing, I know we brushed on this a little bit, but something I just think is so brilliant about what BDC is, um, is you talked to me about that uh, idea of creating an identity that people can apply to themselves. Will you just dig into that a little bit? Yeah, you know. Like we, coming from high school to college and all that. Yeah, let me let me try to dig into this, and it might go a couple different directions here. But sure. I think one of the most influencing factors um, in regards to yourself and the life that you end up living is built around your identity and coming to terms with who you are as a person. And you know, for me, growing up, that's what it was all about. And I think, in, like everyone's always, always trying to figure out who they are, right? Uh, what, yep. what are their gifts? What are their talents? Like, what am I supposed to do here on Earth? Like, what is my mission? Like, am, am I was I born for some something special? And, and I truly believe we all are. Um, but when it comes down to like the identity in terms of like alcohol, you know, like I said before, it was an easy decision for me because I had made that decision that I wasn't going to drink. Um, you know, because of the things that was happening in my life. And it was an, it was an easy decision for me, probably because I never drank and because, you know, I didn't maybe know what it was like to be drunk, but it was just an easy decision. And I built that into my identity. Um, but part of that identity too was respecting my friends for the choices they made and saying, I'm not going to try to, you know, shame them or judge them or, you know, try to convince them that they should drink, not drink like me. It was just loving them and respecting them. And so that built into my identity. And then, you know, when the idea of better drinking culture came to be, drafting that manifesto was drafting an identity. You know, we believe mornings are better without a hangover. You know, we believe life's better without regrets. And we believe that that's an identity that everyone can grab onto, whether you drink or don't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can, you know, and wearing the, the, the BDC t-shirt. It's, you know, people wear brands because they feel like they identify with it, right? Yep. And that's yep. essentially what we're doing is we're creating an identity for people to latch on to yeah. so they can express that ad- identity to those around them. So that when we, like if we didn't know each other, Kevin, and we went up to a bar and I saw you wearing a BDT, BDC t-shirt and I know what BDC is, like I, I feel like I know something about you, right? Like y- you yep. choose to live this and to love and respect all people, and, um, and so yeah, I do think identity is super powerful, and identity is rooted into branding, and that's you know yeah. something that Rhino does brilliantly as well, and yeah. what you guys do. So it's a flag in the ground, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. this is who I am. The thing I wanted to add to that, the thing that really sticks in my mind, and this is what I tell everyone when I get a chance to talk about you guys, is that. Coming out of college or coming out of high school, a lot of kids don't have a stance on where they are with alcohol. Exactly. They they take it as it comes, situation by situation, and they lose every time. You're mm-hmm. never going to win that battle. You're. you're no. It's always going to end bad if you don't have a, f- a stake in the ground, like you said. Yeah. Um. That that says this is who I am. So when I go to college and I'm confronted with that situation, I know how I'm going to make that decision before it happens, and then I don't fall quote unquote victim to a circumstance that I could have 
had a better outcome had I made a decision, yeah. had I had that be part of my identity. And I don't know if you had a stat for that, but you said something to the effect of, I don't know, how many, whatever percentage of kids coming out of high school don't have a, um, don't have a stance on how they, th- their relationship with alcohol and therefore it always worsens when they hit college. Yeah. So that's, yeah, there's not a, a public stat on it, but through our conversations with a lot of people okay. on, you know, whether they choose to wait, the, the big one is, did you choose to wait till you're 21 before you start drinking? Yeah, no. And, and some people like <laughs> said, you know, the ones that do wait said, yeah, like I had a conversation with my parents, my parents like really you know, encouraged me to wait till I was 21. And I said, yes. And they had made that decision before they went to college that I'm going to wait. Um, for those, you know, and having conversations too with, with parents who have kids going to college, you know, asking them like, well, what is your kid's stance on alcohol? And they're like, well, I think they're just going to figure it out when they get to college. And most often, like they're going to, they're going to drink. Out, figuring out means some hard times. Yeah. 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 The house is always going to win. Mm-hmm. And, and Yeah, exactly. And here's, here's why, Here's why I think some people go, well, everyone needs hard times to become mature or whatever. And I go, there's plenty of hard times. <laughs> you don't need to add getting drunk and making bad decisions to that list. That, that You don't need to aid them in that quest of yeah, finding yeah, right. hard times. I'll, I'll tell you, you, you do not have to hit rock bottom with alcohol in order to have some sort of invaluable life experience that helps you get through life. <laughs> right. Because I'm here to tell you, uh, no, you, it's, it is not going to benefit you in any way, shape, or form to say that you have these scars on your body because of drinking or you got uh, three DUIs because you didn't learn your lesson. Yeah. Like That stuff doesn't help you. Yeah. You don't have to get to that point. Yeah. So I think people that follow Rhino or maybe know who I am, maybe if they're listening to this, they know this, but we had done the Michigan beer film way back in 2012. And, uh, I, I kind of grew up thinking that I my neither one of my parents drank really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't because they were particularly anti-drinking. I think it was just for whatever reason. And it feels like a really random circumstance, but both of them were just kind of like, just didn't really do it. And so, um, but my uncles did and my grandpa, you know, it was kind of beer was around. And then um, as I, in high school, me and my buddies, I became kind of a jock. I became kind of that athlete guy who wanted to be cool and and drink on the weekends. And um, we used to have parties at neighboring towns with other football teams and all that high school life. Um, And then, so for me, but I, but I, I kind of put that aside after college. Like college, definitely drank a bunch, and then after college, I, I stepped away from that in a lot of ways. But then with craft beer, I started becoming much more of a, a thing that I, um, I would have kind of boundaries, but I would always let them float. It was very loose boundaries. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> filling out an online. So Cam had asked me to do an interview. Uh, so I was completing this like kind of written interview on his website, and one of the questions was, what are your personal rules with alcohol? And I couldn't honestly say I had any. I had rules that I could say, but and it's, and it's actually kind of an interesting case study on respect and trust, but I knew you, and I was like, I'm not going to lie to Cam and say this BS rule that I don't follow, and I couldn't say it. And I think that's actually part of the story that I find 
interesting, just to say the least. Um, because I think in other contexts, like if you just put me on the spot, um, if someone's interviewing me and said, what are your roles? I'd say, oh yeah, you know, I generally only like that really quick little generally only drink two, uh, beers ever, uh, at a time or whatever. Um, but I I couldn't say that with any sort of integrity in this written format. And I was like, I got to reevaluate myself. So I, that like led me to a lot of self-reflection about my relationship uh, with alcohol. And, and as you said, I, I'll still have days where I'm like, I generally have, have a rule of two drinks max. Uh, but if I'm in a really safe situation, if I'm at home, yada, yada, mm-hmm. it's really easy to have friends over for a weekend or a barbecue. And I end up drinking like four beers while and, we're cooking and, out. And, and that's okay. You know, yeah. we, we, we tell everyone that, um, you know, we believe you should drink within your own personal limits and only you know what your limits are. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'm not going to, you know, slap you on the uh, the hand because you had four beers because you had some buddies over and we're cooking out. Like, What would I have to do to get a hand slap from you? Ooh. That's what I want to know. Something naughty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, we're going to have to leave that right in the podcast. Um, so... You know, I, one thing we haven't touched on that I know is important uh, to the BDC uh, like dialogue is drink responsible. Mm, uh, oh yeah, you know the everyone, R word. Yeah, everyone who watches television over the last two decades knows that at the end of every beer commercial, there's a "Please drink responsible" or yeah. that tagline or the the little yeah. subtext there. Um, why is that not enough? Uh, want to take it or want me to? Uh, go for it. I'm sure yeah. I've got something to say. Did yeah. you guys get bought by Bud Light now and now you can't say this? We thing? say dilly dilly. Okay. Do you <laughs> that know why? That's a, no, that's a Bud Light slogan. It, it's so dumb. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. No disrespect to Bud Light, but that should have been crushed before it hit the air. Yeah. It's, it's their version of Cheers mm. and it's, it's kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, Bud Light. Yeah. So... The drink responsibly thing is something that people like when they hear about BDC with like in the first 10 seconds, they're like, oh, you're drink responsibly. And, oh, yeah, I drink responsibly. Yeah, I drink yeah. responsibly. Um, and and we, we, I guess we cringe every time we hear that yeah. because so in the early stages of BDC, like we talked with a lot of students and we, we got student groups together that, you know, tried to form some chapters and like really try to rally behind the BDC movement at their school. Um and interesting enough, we get a lot of fraternities and sororities that uh, you know that are interested in this because they have stories, right? And it's usually yep. like seniors. Um, but in in these dialogues with them, you know, what they've communicated is like, oh yeah, you know, we we always drink responsibly. You know, we you know we 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 don't we throw our keys into the into the basket and we get make sure we have a safe ride home and then we just get blackout drunk we get yeah. wasted yeah. and it's just like okay i think they're, some, yeah. i think they're missing something here they're very and confident it, about drinking responsibly yeah. uh. and it, i what i what struck me was like i think people don't understand what drink responsibly means or maybe drink responsibly has you know all the well intended been completely misrepresented because when you hear um, companies talk about drink responsibly, they always tag to like get a safe ride home, right? Yeah. And what we're finding is that a lot of people think that that's a green light to get to drink as much as you want as long as you get a safe ride home. It's so, all about not drunk driving. It's all about not right. drunk driving, and I think that you know that possibly is having a reverse effect 
to our culture of, yeah. of saying it's okay to, to get blackout drunk. That's interesting because we're so affected by big ad campaigns, especially mm-hmm. kids that grew up. I think our, mm-hmm. our era, like TV was everything. You saw a ton of ads and it's funny because there's at the same time of those, like the Bud Light frogs that were so big oh, yeah. way back in the day and just all the shticks that have been over the years. But right alongside those, you do see anti-drunk driving campaigns that are very prominent. And I think those two things combined, the the drink responsible tag at the end of the, the beer commercials and the anti-drunk driving ads kind of formed this new understanding of, hey, as long as we don't drive home and kill someone yep. or whatever, zero tolerance, then we're okay. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what it's been distilled down to Yeah, is just like Cam said, you know, all of these students, they're just like, yeah, we get blackout drunk. Uh, and then I call an Uber and then I spill out of the, the cab onto my front porch, pass out, and then some don't wake up. Because their buddies go, no, 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 he's good. He just needs to sleep it off. Like, you don't understand, like, what's still going on inside your body. You just can't get somebody home in their bed or leave them on the couch and assume that they're okay. Yeah, Yeah, and I think, like, it's tough because a lot of people have a strong aversion to that because they might be like, well, we love having stories with our buddies like that. It's like, mm. here's the th- here's the reality though. You can always have fun stories that don't involve you getting penises drawn on your face with <laughs> right. a sharpie. Like, right. That 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 does not have to be. There's so many ways to develop lasting memories and and good stories uh, that are I would argue better, much better stories and stories that have meaning. Yeah. Like what if what if your story was you and your friends? I don't I don't want to sound like. I'll probably get laughed out of here by all the 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 bros, whoever listened to this that you know disagree with me on this. But what if your story was you and your friends like went and like served at a got at a gospel mission or a homeless shelter for the night, and then you know went and had a beer and just talked about it, and, mm-hmm. like served people, you know, just right total opposite of the spectrum, obviously in terms of uh you know whatever. But anyway, well you you mentioned earlier about you know that like. I mean, it's peer pressure, right? It's like, come on, dude, have another one. Come on, have another one. Let's do a shot. Let's do a round of shots, right? You know, they're they're doing it because underneath all that enthusiasm to get drunk, they're roping you in because, let's be honest, misery loves company. You don't want to be the only guy hitting it that hard. Oh, yeah. Because you need that support system who's encouraging you to keep going that hard. And I'll, I'll tell you, you, you don't need, you don't need those stories. You know, I, I've got those stories. I have the physical scars on my body that, that are proof that I drank way, way beyond my limits. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, they may be hilarious in the moment, right? At face value, it might be hilarious, but I'm telling you when the party's over and, Everyone's gone home. No one is there to help clean up the mess except you. You're the one who's got to own it. You've got you to clean up the puke on the carpet, right? You've got to patch the hole that your buddy punched in the wall. So what was maybe hilarious in the moment 
is now turned into regret. And when that regret settles, you are left with some really deep, harmful shame that yeah. can destroy a person. And then it puts you in that cycle. Well, going back to what you were talking about, like culture, right? And like social media, like those are the things, those are the crazy stuff that happens is what gets the likes, right? And, and I the think shares. In the shares, because it's, it's, it's crazy, it's out there and people like, that's what people eat up, right? And you know, it, how, how our culture truly is gonna change isn't gonna be BDC doing it. Right. BDC is the people who prescribe to it, but it's gonna be people making that change. And that's what, that's what BDC is all about. It's about empowering people to stand up in those situations where if 10 of their guys are like, oh yeah, let's go get shots, whatever. If there's one guy in there that can stand up and just say, hey, that's great. You guys can do your thing. I'll join you guys, but I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Like I'll have yeah. one. You know, I'm not going to have 10. And that might empower the person standing yeah. next to him to say, oh, I'm yeah. so glad he, you know. That's probably I'm a so good gl- idea. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I, I, I'll do that too. Yeah. And then you get this change to happen. And when, you, when you're scrolling through your buddy's, you know, Instagram and you're seeing these, these pictures, like, don't like it. Yeah. You know, you know, don't, just don't double tap. Don't, that. don't yeah. double tap that. And, yeah. and that's those, it takes courage, <clears throat> yeah. but those are the things that slowly going to start tilting the pendulum back uh, towards what a healthier drinking culture is going to be. Yeah. And it's not going to be easy, um, but it, it's, yeah, it's got to happen. It, I want to add one thing on, on what yeah. you were saying. Yeah. Uh, the last thing you were saying about how, when those things happen, um, <clears throat> something profound. And I think what you're saying, because, Yes, when the party's over, you're left cleaning up the mess. Yeah. That's that's literal, and that's yeah. like in the now. Yep. But that's that's uh, extended to your entire course of your life as oh, well. Oh, for sure. When those people are gone, you're left with the emotional yeah. uh, trauma, the stress, the the um, what was the word you used? The shame. Yeah, the shame. Um, the shame is what will eat you alive. Young people don't understand that the things you do. Then I don't feel like I'm. 34, I still am the same mind and the same spirit mm-hmm. of being that yeah. I was then. Yeah, same. I'm just older. Right. I, I can recall those events just like they were just uh, happened uh, last year. Yeah. Um, so they're still form who I am, and they're little pieces of my, my being that like affect who I am going forward. Yeah. And they do matter. Like you, you, you think like, oh, you can just, you know, the whole idea of what stays in, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, it no, it, it follows you. It follows you. Yeah, it's the whole like Incredible Hulk thing, you know, yeah, Doctor yeah. Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and and what's crazy is like, you know, we don't have to get into it, but you know, the science behind how alcohol affects your body. I mean, it can trigger different personas every single time it's all about like how you're going into that that drinking session uh that's going to determine how you come out of it on the other side so you know if if you're struggling in your life with anything emotional um that that weighs on you that it's only going to be amplified when you drink and if you think yeah, I mean, alcohol is a, a depressant, and if if you're drinking to to soothe or ease, you know, the pain of what you're dealing with, you know, Monday through Friday, like it it may numb it while you're consuming, but that buzz is going to wear off, and the problems are still going to be there, and it's only going to be amplified if you're using alcohol to mask it, and it's it sucks. It's a bummer. Yeah. 
You know, we, we just don't know any better. <clears throat> so you guys are based out of Grand Rapids, true? Or no? I think of you that, but you're not. You're in Zealand. Yeah, uh, we're kind of in. We, we need to get we to Grand, we're in Grand Rapids. Man. Man. Yeah. Well, I live in Grand Rapids, so we can say it. Yeah, I, I live in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Cool. So you're based out of where? Zealand. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Worldwide. <laughs> Worldwide. Yeah. Zealand. Okay. Yeah. So where do you spend your time, though? I know, I know you guys have been spending a lot of time down south in the Kentucky distilling kind of region of yeah. the world. And talk about that. So, so before I get to Kentucky, uh, it's important to mention, um, I mean, how we got there. Sure. Um, so, you know, we're trying to make this cultural shift and it all starts and ends with people. Um, but we knew that in order to bring the BDC movement across the nation and, you know, eventually, you know, sometime down the road worldwide, we had to be able to scale what we're doing. So we have to find a way to connect this tribe of people who desire a healthier relationship with alcohol to actually those, uh, those literal places where they're consuming. So we developed a certification program that we piloted um, in the craft beer segment, you know, because there's 60 of them, or give or take, you know, within a 60 mile radius around Grand Rapids. So we had this amazing test market of craft breweries who by nature, you know, kind of believe in the same thing we do. You know, they advocate for quality over quantity. So this certification program uh, recognizes and distinguishes establishments, and it's not exclusive to breweries, bars, restaurants, nightclubs, distilleries. It recognizes- Are there nightclubs anymore? I've never like seen a Vegas, nightclub outside right? of, yeah, okay. And, and we'll eventually get to Vegas, but th- that's, a, that's a bigger animal. So, um, so the certification program recognizes these establishments for contributing to a better drinking culture, for doing the right things internally that, that take care of the guest, that's putting the health, safety, and well-being of the people who walk through their door before anything else. So we all know those places that will continue to serve you when you cannot put a sentence together or stand upright. They will continue to feed you drinks because it's money in the register and it's tips in the jar, right? And they don't have a stance on it. It's just whatever, you know? Right. So it's like, who cares if, if, if you, you know, blow your car into another one on the way home or if you don't wake up tomorrow because I just gave you your 21st shot on your 21st birthday, right? So we developed um, uh, a system that, that scores and can grade those establishments. And if they earn BDC certification, you know, they get this seal of approval that they can then tout in their community that, you know, we are going to be a leader in this movement. We're going to set the example for our, our industry peers. And we're going out to the front line first and saying that, that we deserve better, the consumer de- deserves better, and the industry deserves better. So we, we piloted that program um, here in West Michigan. That turned into an auxiliary product that complements the certification program that, that the consumer can engage in. That's called the Universal Mug Club. Uh, so without like confusing you with like backslash links, just go to universalmugclub.com and you can check that out. It's an awesome program that gives you, that unlocks perks to uh, right now over two dozen 
establishments across Michigan and then one in Chicagoland. Uh, it unlocks access to perks at all of these places when you join the BDC because they want to reward you for drinking better. And we want to point consumers to those establishments that care. So I say all that. We piloted the program in West Michigan. Then in the meantime, um, the Kentucky Distillers Association, who is kind of the, um, the overseeing body of, of the distilleries in Kentucky, found us on social media over a year ago. Um, and they loved what we were doing. And they, in Kentucky, care very much about promoting better drinking because um, if you've lived under a rock, 95% of the world's bourbon is produced in Kentucky along the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and the Urban Bourbon Trail. So they have a huge stake in curating uh, better consumers because this is a major draw of tourism. I think there's, uh, there's over a million people who visit and tour the Kentucky Bourbon Trail every year. And these distilleries are laid out all over the state. It's not as convenient as going to downtown Grand Rapids, being able to park your car and hit five or six distilleries within you know a mile radius. Like these distilleries are spread out all over the state. Some are in really rural areas. But it's this huge drive for tourism. It's this amazing experience to, to learn about and take this deep dive um, look into bourbon, its, its history, its cultural significance. Um, but when you go, you're also drinking bourbon. And at some, uh, you, you have the opportunity to drink full-size pours or full-size cocktails. So they saw what we were doing in Michigan with our certification program, and they invited us down to Kentucky to bring that certification program down to the distilleries along the trail. So over the last six months, um, we've spent uh, a couple weeks uh, really just setting up shop and living out of, out of uh, Kentucky. Um, bringing the certification program to these distilleries. So it's been a really amazing experience um, uh, adapting our certification program to fit this really unique culture of bourbon down there. Um, and, and we're currently in the, uh, the finishing stages of that process. So all of their certifications will go live, um, we're hopeful, by the end of August of this year. And then with that, we're able to uh, concurrently build up this tribe of people. So now, now we're able to say, hey, BDC has launched into a new market. Uh, BDC tribe, you need to go rep these distilleries because they, they care a lot more about you than just feeding you another sample of 90 proof bourbon. <clears throat> so that's why we're in Kentucky. Cool. I was kind of just looking for a general wrap-up of... <laughs> oh, sorry. Was that too... <laughs> no, it's fun. It's all good. No. <clears throat> okay. So, so what? I guess what's coming next for you guys? What, what's... what's uh, yeah, so... What are you getting into? Um, so, over the past two weeks, uh, we locked Jason in a uh, cottage on Lake Michigan, and uh, he cranked out uh, the first draft of The Drinker's Manifesto, which is a book that we're going to be releasing end of this summer, if I can be so uh, <laughs> bold. <laughs> and, uh, and what that is, it basically distills this conversation down and like tips. Um, you know, it's what, it's what we want to gift 
every 21-year-old on their 21st birthday across the country. It's a practical, for lack of a better word, it's a practical guidebook that will help educate the the uninitiated, the uneducated, the novice drinker about what it should look like to have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Because we, we talked about it earlier, but you know, when kids leave home to enter college, they go from zero to 60 in one weekend, and they have no idea how to keep the car between the lines. So you know, their first party, they're usually upside down over a keg at a frat party. Yeah. And so the drinker's manifesto is going to essentially be in a, in a very um, inclusive, comforting, loving way, like calling those current practices out and then showing you how to replace them with better drinking behaviors. And it's going to be meant to be, to be read in like one quick session. It's not going to be a boring textbook that tells you every stat about what's going to happen to you when you drink and drive. It's, it's a real life uh, dive into, hey, th- this is what it has looked like yeah. because as a culture, we've tolerated it and we've glamorized it. This is really how it is and we're just shooting it straight you know, to the, to the drinker. Nice. Did I totally hijack that? No, no, oh, that's great. It's cool. Um, well, I, yeah, let's wrap. Because I think yeah. uh, I actually wanted to start doing something with you guys because we were talking Ooh. about movies before we got going or shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, actually, maybe on the next one, we kind of did that. So maybe it'll, maybe it'll work out. But uh, I thought it might be fun to start asking people just like, what, what are some things you're into? They're totally off topic, like films, uh, yeah. movies you're liking or, or any books you're reading or anything like that. Uh, Cam, one question for you uh, that I do find um, it relevant to this conversation. Um, you are really squared away. And I feel like the whole like knowing who you are and developing that identity and all that stuff. Maybe I should just before and you're gonna laugh if I if I haven't. But are you, were you like a student of like uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, like Stephen Covey? Yeah, uh, I like what you say. Kind of reminds me of that stuff, and I'm just curious. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm familiar with that book, oh. and I'm you know I'm very much a, a studious kind of person. Like I like to read yeah. and you know I'm very much a, a habit person so maybe it's a lot of just self-reflection throughout my life of I I always want to identify what are my what are my talents what are my gifts um, you know being socially aware and um, I don't know but I think what it comes down to is just you know my my identity which if I can share this uh, on this platform but like being being a child of God and understanding what that means um, that is the core root of my identity. And so that shapes every decision that I make and, um, and why I choose to do the things that I do. And part of that is loving people. And I just, I just love people. I love all my friends and that's, you know, why this kind of started. And if I didn't care for them, I wouldn't have, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have, yeah. you know, gone through all the trial. Cause you know, it's not easy starting a, you know, something like this. And, you know, there's lots of sacrifices that, you know, both Jay and I, you know, make, um, you know, to really try to get this thing out there. Um, but I don't know if that answered your question, but that's no, yeah. that that's great. That, I think, uh, that's where I'm getting at with it. Uh, and whatever you're comfortable saying is, is what yeah. I'm comfortable hearing. So, so cool. And, uh, just, just so we have this, uh, where do people find you again? You said universal mug club.com. And- yeah. And I mean, that's, that's just a, uh, 
you know, that's just a vanity URL to get people to uh, check out the Universal Mug Club. Yep. Uh, but, you know, our flagship site is betterdrinkingculture.org. And we're on all the social medias at, at Better Drinking Culture. Cool. Well, it's been awesome. Appreciate you guys' time. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. It's yep. been a pleasure. Yep, right on. Yeah, man. Thanks. Cheers, y'all. Dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.